Welcome to the 81st episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and alongside me, I have my co-host and a fish who pulls all the fishermen overboard, Adrian Pinter. How does it go, sir? General Kenobi, it goes quite well. How are you, Simon Eady? It's been a while. It's been, it's been a week. Yeah, and crazy amount of time. Seven days. It's the longest seven days of my life. Oh, I'm sorry to, sorry to hear that. What happened? No, I'm just kidding. It's not. It wasn't. The days are technically shorter now, so it's literally impossible. The longest seven days of my life are probably sometime during the summer. Hmm. I see. Because the sun's up. It's very technical. You see the sun more. Yes. That's true. Do you ever watch that uh, movie Insomnia by Christopher Nolan? No, I have not, Simon. I actually haven't. That's, uh, I think, the only Christopher Nolan movie I've never seen. Uh Oh. Interesting. Well, there's the following as well. Like the, I think that was his first movie. I haven't seen that one. I think that's the one I haven't seen as well. So that's the only two Christopher Nolan movies I've never seen. Oh, now it's suddenly two. I see. Yeah, name another one. Uh, you've seen uh, Tenet, yeah. obviously. You've seen uh, The Dark Knight. Yeah. Batman Begins. Yeah. The Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. You've seen um, Inception. Yeah. The Prestige. Yeah. I'm blanking on others. Memento. Dunkirk. Yeah. Yeah. Memento. Memento's so good. Man. Um, Anyways, in Insomnia, wow, this is a long, drawn-out thing to get to my point here. Interstellar? We didn't, we didn't bring up Interstellar. Interstellar, wow, what a good movie. It's probably my favorite. Huh. Okay, probably my that's favorite. fair. It's, it's really good. But anyways, Insomnia stars Al Pacino and Robin Williams, mm-hmm. uh, if you're not aware. And I, Al Pacino is like a detective. He goes up north to like try to catch a killer. Um, he goes to Alaska. And Alaska um, has like really, really, I think it was Alaska. Anyway, yeah, it's got has to, uh, has to have been. Anyways, it was Alaska has very very long days during some parts of the year and very very short days during some parts of the year mm-hmm. to the point where uh, this particular movie takes place in the day, like mostly in the daytime, and he's like going to sleep uh, in the daytime, like it's light out, and he there's like an hour of darkness or something like that. It's just ridiculous, and he can't sleep, so that's why it's called insomnia. Oh, I see. Makes sense. Yeah, it, and it's about him trying to cast this killer while he's under this like weird stress of not being able to sleep properly because he's not obviously used to. He's he was shipped out there because he's like an all star, big city detective. Anyway, Al Pacino, Robin Williams, good combo, good combo. Yeah, damn. Yeah, yeah. I gotta watch that movie. It's on my list. I'll add it to the list. Alrighty then. Alrighty, Adrian. Speaking of things that uh, will will be added to a list. Yeah, sure. I guess that was a far-fetched segui. But regardless, Moon Knight, the trailer for Moon Knight is actually being uh, aired on Monday, which yes. is today, I guess, if if you're an audience member who listens to our podcast right on the day that it airs. Mm. But the Moon Knight, of course, is a Disney Plus series starring Oscar Isaac uh, and also Ethan Hawke. <gasps> I don't know if you watched the little little teaser for the trailer. No. Airing on Monday. Oh, you haven't seen it? No. It's like this little clip. It's like this tiny clip, like, wait for Monday for Monday night Super Bowl. Or it's not Super Bowl, sorry. Monday night football, where we show the trailer for Moon Knight. 
Damn, I feel like I just watched that teaser. I don't even have to watch it. I'll just watch the trailer now. Well, based on how long it took me just to spit that out, it, it was almost like you watched it for mm-hmm. the time anyway, but it wasn't like you watched it just because there's a lot of little clips in there. They Honestly, I, I'm just good with that teaser. Don't show me the rest of the trailer on Monday. I'm good. Ooh. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about this. I, I feel like this is when we'll know whether or not, um, or not, not whether or not, how far they're going to take this Moon Knight show. Because we've been saying quite a bit, you know, like this is probably going to be on Disney Plus. And so far, most of the Disney Plus stuff, or actually all the Disney Plus uh, stuff, has very just low-level violence, if if any violence at all. Um, so I wonder how far they're going to take it. Is this going to be more of a Daredevil-esque show with that sort of violence? And we're going to see blood and stuff, and they're going to put it on Star, which probably won't happen. Or uh, is it going to be a little bit more PG, you know, kind of like the other Marvel shows that we've had thus far? Yes, that is the big question that I've been questioning for quite a while. And I work closely with uh, Kenneth Stadelbauer, who often writes into our show. And he actually did a write-in for this week, too, which we'll get to. doesn't have anything to do with uh, Moon Knight, but he's a huge Moon Knight fan. Like he He's read a lot of the comics, and he really uh, is not worried but he's he's concerned he, i wouldn't even say concerned but he's just hopeful that it's going to be a great uh series because he does like that character mm-hmm. and uh, he made fun of us a couple weeks back when we compared moon knight to uh batman yeah that was funny because he's he's a billionaire this uh this fella specter is his name yes mark mark specter yes but i'm watching daredevil as you may know audience and adrian you probably should know that because we, we talked about it a couple times mm-hmm and uh, and I've been really interested to see what Disney might decide to do when it comes to rated R or rated mature content, whether it be streaming like TV series or whether it be movies. And even Deadpool, which has been announced, Deadpool 3, uh, it's going to be rated R and it should be, I guess, on the star part of Disney Plus, arguably, mm-hmm. uh, but still potentially connected to the cinematic universe, like the Marvel Cinematic uh, Universe. Um yeah, I, I'm very curious. Again, if we could get something like what that Daredevil show did in Moon Knight or an Echo or another Daredevil series, uh, you might not need to go rated R potentially. But again, I, I mentioned this on for Hawkeye when we reviewed Hawkeye. Hawkeye's the, the fight scenes are almost like a dance. Like there's this almost very non-lethal. There's don't show blood, which is okay. And it works a lot of the time. Like in Shang-Chi, we commended it for very good fight choreography. Mm-hmm. I just want to see something a little bit more brutal potentially from the cinematic universe, like the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It, it, they can do it. I think that they could, they could somehow do it and throw it on Star. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little confused. As a note with that as well, I don't know if you saw, but it was an advertisement for that uh, Disney Plus, quote unquote, Disney Plus series, uh, Pam and Tommy. Is it called that? No. I know what you're talking about with. Um... Is it? called that though no i don't think so about pamela anderson's sex tape it is literally called yeah pam and tommy actually you're right oh good okay on google it's listed as a romance series <laughs> oh weird no, i don't know i mean like it's not f- totally wrong but yeah that that to be fair has been advertised as a hulu series um and then obviously we're we'll be getting it on star here i'm assuming not for me hmm? not for me it hasn't been oh really so I, on facebook um, Facebook had like this targeted ad from Disney plus. Cause I think I followed the Disney plus page. And so it hit me, um, on my Facebook feed and it showed the advertisement for this show. And then it said, 
coming to Disney Plus with no mention of Star. Interesting. Which was very weird and kind of jarring. And they might have had a Star logo somewhere at one point, but it it literally every single comment, which is just naivety. I mean, just look it up. But I mean, every comment in that comment section was like, oh, wow, Disney Plus doing sex tapes now. Oh, Disney Plus, blah, 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 over and over again. What are they doing to our kids? <laughs> Yeah, what are they doing to our kids? They're like, also like, someone was like, "Oh, I'm canceling the subscription." It's like, really? Have you, have you not been on Disney Plus in the last like year? Like, star content honestly has been mature. Like, yeah, man, you you genuinely should. You are wasting your money. You haven't been on the program for so long. If you don't realize these things, you should cancel your subscription. Literally. Yeah, I know you obviously haven't opened up the app in some time. I think it's time for you to, yeah, save some money, bro. Yeah, no, I know. I agree. Yeah, be a little bit more frugal, dude. Maybe they're only going in for things like Encanto, though. Maybe that's the only time they open it. But anyway, I, I, I did find that a little weird, but that's kind of opens my eyes to the concept that you can make a Daredevil show and make it rated R, rated M. Make the Moon Knight show rated M. It looks so good so far. The clips that I've seen looked great. The only problem is... And this isn't necessarily a problem. I got to give this guy his due. He's made a good series in The Exorcist. But the showrunner for this show, for the Moon Knight show, is Jeremy Slater. And Ken and I have talked about this and our worry uh, for this, or at least my worry for it, is that the other movies, specifically movies he's made, the one TV show he made is The Exorcist, but the movies he made are The Lazarus Effect, which is 16% tomato meter. So critics have reviewed it 16%. Audience score 23%. Fantastic Four, the Josh Trank Fantastic Four is something that he wrote. Fan Fortastic. That's a nine percent. Yeah, Fan Fortastic. Did you ever watch that? By the way, nah. Okay, because people hate that movie. Fan Fan Fortastic. Sorry, I've been pronouncing it wrong. Yeah, people don't love that movie. It's a nine percent on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Audience score is eighteen percent. He also made the movie Pet, which is fifty-six percent tomato meter. That's not bad. Audience score thirty-two percent. And he made the movie, which you actually like. And I'm saying he made the movie. He didn't direct any of these. He screen wrote them all. Um, he he also wrote the movie Death Note, which is a Netflix movie, which you actually kind of like, I do. if I recall correctly. I do. 38% of Rotten Tomatoes, though, and audience score is 23%. So his track record, that is it. I just read it to you. Is not good. Half bad. Not half bad. Um, and But the one TV series, though, to be clear, he executive produced it, is specifically... The Exorcist, and it's 89% tomato meter. It doesn't look like there's as many review scores because it's not certified fresh at all. Mm. So that's a good thing. I'm kind of excited in that regard. But anyway, I digress. I've talked about this a little too long. I'm very excited for the Moon Knight series because of Oscar Isaac and apparently uh, Ethan Hawke's playing some kind of a serial killer. Oh, can't believe you haven't seen this little teaser. I sent, or sorry, I don't send anything because I don't mm-hmm. talk to you outside the podcast, but somebody else, Jimmy, actually, the sound uh, engineer for our, our podcast, he sent you the clip that I sent to him or the little image. And that was an image of Moon Knight, of course. You did recognize that. I did. I did recognize that, indeed. Oh, okay. thought maybe you were like, just didn't know what I sent you. but You didn't send me anything, but yeah. Well, I was sending it through to you through proxy. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, I'll allow Which is almost cheating based on our rule that we can't talk outside this podcast, but... Never have, never will. Speaking of rated R content, <gasps> um, the Batman... It's rated R, Simon? Or is that what you're telling me? Isn't going to be rated R. Yes. I just didn't finish my sentence. I took a gulp. Are we surprised, Simon? Uh, are you? No, definitely not. There's been... Yeah, I didn't, I didn't uh, think it would be either, but it's... A, 
I don't know. There was a couple of websites that were kind of like, oh, wow, it looked like it was going to be rated R. It's like, uh, was it? But it's, most of the places were just kind of reporting on it. I think I got that from Variety mm-hmm. and I just kind of read it that they, they announced it as PG-13. It would have been interesting if it wasn't just because the, the trailers have been pretty dark. Yeah. But I think what we've seen. Like you can still make a PG-13 thing very dark and, and violent. I mean, like the Dark Knight movies, were those rated R? I don't believe so. No, they were PG-13. So exactly right. Like those were still like dark movies. Like, you know, the, the, the performance of Heath Ledger's Joker is still haunting to me. And, and it, and he does such a great job. And I know like tonally, um, they're probably going to be a little bit different. This one seems a little bit uh, more darker and more brooding and all that sort of stuff. But I think you can still make a successful movie at PG 13. It doesn't necessarily have to be rated R. Um, and like, to be fair, I feel like Warner Bros would be out of their goddamn minds to make a Batman movie rated R just because it leaves so much money on the table. Yeah, it'll probably still make a bunch of money uh, if it were uh, rated R. But again, you just won't make as much. Um, it's true. That's a really good point. And it's something to think about. It's funny. Rated R movies just don't don't generally make as much like Deadpool has <laughs> made a lot of money and it kind of broke records or whatever as a superhero movie. That's great. But it's normally rated R movies. Just people don't go out to the theaters as often to to go see them, which is odd. And and I know that we're bringing up video games, where I am at least. But when you look at radio, uh, radio, radio M, rated mm. M games like rated mature. Yeah. Apologies to Ken. It, it's actually not like that at all. It's a very strange thing. Call of mm-hmm. Duty is one of the biggest games of all time, and that it's like literally sold millions of copies every year because it comes out <laughs> on a yearly iteration. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a funny thing I just was thinking about recently that it, it why is it that people don't want to go see a movie that's rated R but they'll buy a video game? It's funny. It's a I guess maybe this there's a more stricter I guess there's stricter rules around trying to go see a rated R movie. Like I've been kind of carded. Uh, I think more often buying uh, I guess you buy digital games, but I, I, I guess I, I've been carded more often trying to buy a rated R like ticket to mm-hmm. a movie. A ticket to a rated R movie, I should say, rather than being carded for getting a game. Yeah. But regardless, yeah, I didn't expect it to be anything else. It, it did seem dark. It doesn't, like, I've been talking all this time, like, about how Hawkeye is too dumbed down for the fight scenes and all that. It, it's dumbed down because I feel like it's PG. Yeah. It, it doesn't <laughs> it's feel PG 13. Whereas, like, no. Endgame, as an example, was PG 13. There was blood in that, and there there is violence in that. You know, you see these, like, the punches that Thanos throws and stuff and it and there's there's a lot like yeah there, there's some very violent scenes in avengers endgame as an example and hell man even in this uh like the new spider-man as an example a lot of these marvel movies um they they play they walk the line of pg-13 in terms of the violence and the action scenes and all and all that sort of stuff but yeah i think like you said hawkeye did it was it felt more pg than pg-13 they they didn't take it far enough it, the more I think about Hawkeye, the less fondly uh, of it I feel. I still like the show. Oh. Um, um, but you definitely planted a bunch of seeds of doubt when we had our full-on conversation during a, a closer look. And the more I think about it, the the worse I, again, view it, which is which is a little unfortunate. I still really like it. I still like the show. But yeah. A closer um, look, viewer, is our bonus episode series of our podcast in which you can listen to us review certain movies like Hawkeye right now. It's true. It's online. Yeah. It's everywhere. You can see it. It is everywhere. Yeah. It's inside your walls. 
living there. I was just uh, looking at like commonsensemedia.org to see what the rating of uh, No Way Home, like Spider-Man No Way Home mm-hmm. was for them. And they're like 10 plus. I was like, I don't know about that. It's pretty dark at times. Commonsensemedia.org? Yeah, they, they look at it to determine what, uh, what the actual rating is. I was just trying to find out what the uh-huh. actual rating was. And it's PG-13, I believe. And I'm trying yeah. to find that. Yeah. Okay, you okay? You know that for a fact. I guess. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> it, is, it is. It is actually PG-13. I just found it on Rotten Tomatoes. So yeah, it's like, no, there's some pretty dark moments. It is pretty uh, impressive. Even like Spider-Man 1, I feel like he gets pretty dark. There's a lot of blood in Spider-Man 1 with uh, Willem Dafoe. Mm-hmm. And Spider-Man 2. Yeah, for sure. With uh, Dr. Octavius. Literally that one scene where like Doc Ock's arms go awry and then kill all those doctors. There's like blood splatter on the windows. There's people like crawling, like ah, screaming, and they get dragged into the darkness. Yeah, I know. That's a Sam Raimi type of style right there. I'm curious what he's going to do with Dr. Strange, man. I feel like Dr. Strange. I hope it's PG-13, man. Oh, it will. It's got to be PG-13. It will. That's the key. It will. be. Yeah. I'm confident. I feel like every Marvel movie has been PG-13, at least as of late. Like, I don't know. I'd have to go back and look through it. I feel like they all are. Yeah. They don't use the one fuck they have, but they all are. Yeah, it's not, it's not really necessary, but yeah. I feel like it could be. Hmm. I think they might use it if Deadpool gets uh, thrown into the mix for Avengers movies. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, just the one fuck you can say. It, yeah. I, I imagine like they'll they'll use it in like such a dumb way. Um, I'm like, what? I can only say one fuck? And then from then on, they'll just start beeping it out. And he's like, oh shit, I just used it. Yeah, something like that. Uh, I... What are your like? Do you do you think of any movies that, or sorry, are there any movies that pop into your mind that use fuck incredibly well? Like the one fuck they have incredibly well in a movie. Because I have one that immediately comes to mind, and it's Kong Skull Island with John C. Riley. Did he did he say it? Yeah, he's the one that said it, which is I think what makes that movie so like funny uh, when he does say it because Samuel L. Jackson's in it, and you, you just assume that Samuel L. Jackson he's he's the one that's going to get the f bomb. But John C. Riley gets to use it. And it's like just this like quick line about like the ants or whatever. It's really good. Yeah, that's that's interesting. You know, yeah, and they even queued up the Samuel L. Jackson one mm-hmm. and they completely had him almost say it, but then he didn't. Yeah. It's brilliant. There was for some reason, I can't remember the moment, so I feel bad about it because it's not it's not really answering your question. But there was one moment that caught me off guard for breaking bad, because I think they could use mm-hmm. one one per season. Yeah. was a rule for AMC uh, for their rating of some sort. Yeah, I, I can remember the one time it was used in the last season. Okay. Uh, I do remember that moment. Yeah, I can't remember. There was, oh wait, there was literally a moment where I'm fairly certain, I'm looking this up on Reddit, so I'm not 100%, this is not a great fact check, but uh, it was um, Skylar White says, I fucked Ted. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think that was in season. That's in season three, right? Uh, I think so. Anyway, anyway, that's a good one. There was, but there was one in the first season that like caught me off guard because I'm like, oh, that's weird. But it's it's a cable network like AMC is, so mm-hmm. anyways, it shouldn't be that shocking. But yeah, a- Adrian, we just talked about it. Kenneth Saddlebell wrote into us, so let's reach into that mailbag for a moment here, shall we? We ask our listeners to write into us with comments, questions, and corrections by way of Twitter or by email to splitfocuspodcast at gmail.com. and. Longtime writer inner Kenneth Stadelbauer wrote into us and he said, Dear friends in absentia, absent, absent, absentia, how do you pronounce that word? Um, I believe it's pronounced absentia. Absentia. Dear friends in absentia. Absentia. I cook the meatball. Mmm, I don't know about that. Anyways, 
he has in brackets here, edited for brevity. And he continues, I am in agreement with your opinion on the recent COVID restrictions. In no way do I downplay the seriousness of the pandemic. Some fairly serious procedures, as well as relatively minor ones, are being postponed due to the hospitals being at max capacity. That being said, it makes no sense that restrictions allow me to sell non-essentials to oft-times maskless customers using cash, yet theaters aren't allowed to seat masked patrons six feet apart after touchlessly purchasing tickets. It seems more a placebo action to make Rubes think the government is doing something productive. Mm-hmm. If the movie Don't Look Up came out a few years ago, I'd have appreciated it more as a comedy. With the way the world is reacting to the current pandemic, the reactions on screen to an oncoming comet seem too accurate to be a parody. It definitely is a good movie with some solid performances. Streep, meaning Meryl, is unsurprisingly great as the American president with the worst characteristics of Reagan, of Reagan, Clinton, I'm really what is up with you today? I don't know. With the worst characteristics of Reagan, Clinton, and Trump. Thanks for recommending it. Signed, Kenneth. And a quote here. The intelligence of that creature known as a crowd is the square root of the number of people in it. A quote by Sir Terry Pratchett. Author mm. Sir Terry Pratchett. Interesting. Interesting. Adrian, we talked last week, of course, about the theaters being closed in Ontario, mm-hmm. in which we live. And it's kind of sad because we can't go to the theaters. You can't go to Cuba and you can't go to the theaters. Although there's not that many movies releasing this month. Uh, yeah. Also because they were pushed back in, in mm-hmm. some instances. Um, but uh, yeah, I when I was watching Don't Look Up, there's this like balance. And that's what I really appreciate, appreciate about it is that uh, Adam McKay, the director Adam McKay, I feel like he did such a good job balancing the comedy and the seriousness of trying to satirically look at the concept of it was really looking at climate change less so the pen, the pandemic but i feel like it works for both contexts contexts um but yeah like the idea was like it was like a metaphor for governments not taking climate change seriously this mm-hmm. comet coming to earth uh, potentially destroying all human life and, and we it, they were 100 sure this would happen and yet people just wouldn't believe it whether it be world leaders or uh, just regular citizens. And uh, it, 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 it is interesting because it, it does frustrate me when I was watching the movie. Like it definitely frustrated me because of the, this, how realistic it is based on real, what our real life circumstances are. But I did find that he did a good job. He, I think he was self-aware of the whole concept of what he was doing. I feel like he knew exactly where he was going with uh, balancing the comedy and the seriousness. And, and at one point he talked about how certain lines, he didn't want to go too far because he wanted to make sure that you weren't going to cry necessarily. You might cry, but then right after that, you would laugh. That was, that was a, a quote he was saying mm. as well during like a, on a, on like a Netflix clip. Yeah. Cause this was, of course, don't look up his own Netflix. So anybody who wants to watch it, who has a Netflix subscription can jump in and see it. But Anyway. Yeah, I still got to watch it. Um, I don't know why I haven't gotten around to it. I just haven't really been in a movie mood, you know, with movies being closed, like the actual theaters and not being able to go there and sit down. I just have a very short attention span as well. Mm. My mind is going like a mile a minute and I just can't bring myself to sit down and watch something. I see. Um, like a full movie. I don't know why. Um, so That's fair. I, I still want to jump. Like, I'm, I'm going to watch it. I'll probably watch it this week. Like, I'm off the entire week. I got, I got nothing else to do. I know I should have been in Cuba right now, which would have been nice, but... Alas, I got to make the best of this week, my friends. Um, however, um, 
yeah, I don't know. Like Adam McKay just knows how to balance comedy with um, seriousness very well, at least with uh, both um, uh, The Big Short and Vice, which are the two movies I have watched of his um, that seem to be a, like kind of similar to what Don't Look Up is in terms of like feel and, and all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm confident that I'll enjoy this movie. And again, I, I like his comedies as well. So um, one thing I do want to add, though, uh it's interesting. Um, I, I didn't realize uh, Meryl Streep was playing the like president in the movie, um, which oh. I, I, I quite, in, I, I quite like, I, I didn't watch any of the trailers really. I was just kind of going in blind to this movie. Um, so you know what, Ken, you're spoiler, you're mixed spoilers. And now the, how the turntables, how the turntables. Right. Cause Kenneth many weeks ago, I'm trying to give the context to the audience yeah. here. Uh, they, he, Ken, of course, called this out for somehow spoiling Encanto, even though we only talked about things that were in the trailers, literally. And Kenneth literally is talking about what's in the trailer. So Uno reverse card, baby. Also Meryl Streep, overrated. Totally overrated. Whoa. All right, Trump. So <laughs> come on. What a ridiculous thing to say. Is, is that the most <laughs> ridiculous thing that Donald Trump said throughout the his entire presidency? Maybe. Um... <laughs> Arguably, I guess. Yeah, arguably. Yeah, it wasn't that you should swallow bleach, okay? Nah, that's normal. To get rid of COVID. That wasn't it. <laughs> the world's a lot less funny without him, I'll be honest. It's a lot less funny. I kind of miss him. Yeah, but it's funny in like a dark, dark way. <laughs> like he's affecting our, our everyone's lives, like, you know, lives. Yeah. It's uh, less so us, I'm sure, because uh, we're Canadian. But yeah. It's uh. It's just, it felt like a very, it feels like a little bit less of a stressful time in that regard Mm -hmm. that we don't have a like COVID and, and also Donald Trump, but yeah, anyway, I don't know. What do I know? I'm a Canadian. Yay. Indeed. But yeah, what I like about this email is how well it's uh, succinct and and brought together. It's so uh, well balanced. Like I talked about Adam McKay's balancing of comedy and drama. So well done to Ken on this. Right in. I appreciate the linking. Don't look up to to the COVID talk we had last week. So, and as always, thank you, Kenneth, for writing into us. Thank you for contributing week on week. I love you. What a hero! What a hero! I can be your hero, baby. Da, da, da. That was terrible. I was trying to do the music, but I can't remember the exact tune. Yeah. <laughs> I got these headphones on, Adrian. And I can barely hear myself. I don't know if I have mentioned it. Explain that. You've definitely um, mentioned it. You, uh, I'm going to guess you cut it out of the, the episode a couple of times. I did. With you being like, I just can't hear myself. I did. I copied it. I, I, I copied it. I, I said copied. I cut it out a couple of times. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because I thought it was uh, it was not uh, worthy of putting it in the podcast. But I'm realizing that I should just warn audience members that I don't know why. But if I have cans like over ear headphones on my head, I cannot hear myself. And it throws me off like so badly that I, I don't know. I, I slur my words. I sound like a kind of, you know. Drank too much cough syrup or something. Are you saying you racial slur your words, Simon? Is that what you're telling me? No, you can use the word slur in other contexts. You're saying slurs, Simon? Unacceptable, dude. Uh, no, I'm not. Not on the internet. No, no. No, I'm not. N- not to worry. Uh, Adrian, what have you been watching this week, buddy? I know what you haven't been watching, and that's Don't Look Up, but what have you been watching? Ooh. That's the key. Ooh, Simon. Well, let me tell you. Dexter New Blood, the mm. sequel series, one one season series, mini series, season nine of Dexter mm. has come back 10 years later and has just now officially wrapped up. 
And uh, I mentioned it a few times before on this podcast, my absolute dismay, my absolute dismay, my hatred, my disappointment for the ending of Dexter season eight, which was to be the series finale of that show. And uh, how I was quite excited when I heard that Dexter New Blood, which is, again, set years set 10 years after um, the events of the original Dexter series um, was, was coming back and, and was going to tr- try to wrap things up in a in a good way. Um, and, uh, let me tell you, Simon, I'm going to tell you something. Did this show redeem what was a awful ending? No, not entirely. Not entirely. Oh, okay. I didn't, I didn't watch it. So I have no idea. Really? It's a good guess. It's a good guess. Uh, (laughs) But you were asking a question and we're the only ones here. So I thought I would answer it. It's fair. I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did. I I insist you answer any hypothetical, like any question I say for the rest of the, the show. Okay. Uh, okay. Sweet. Cool. Um, but let, let me just say that Dexter New Blood is still a good show. Um, it's definitely a hell of a lot better than whatever that ending season uh, of season eight was. Um, and I I did enjoy the show. And, I, and all in all, I do think it did redeem this show and, and makes it a worthwhile show to watch now that it has like an ending that feels a little bit more uh, def- like definitive and uh, not total garbage. But I do think that this show just doesn't live up to what has come out since I watched Dexter, if that makes mm. any sense. I haven't done like a rewatch of Dexter, so maybe this is on that same level of quality as those first four seasons. It's the same showrunner and everything like that. Um, Clyde um, God, Phillips. Yeah, Clyde Phillips. So I, I like it's the same showrunner, um, and I I don't recall like I, I I think of those first four seasons so fondly, but maybe I'm just looking at it through like rose colored lenses. Um, and I was talking to a buddy of mine who uh, was watching it week to week as well, um, who you know similar thoughts. He hated the ending of the original Dexter series, and he's more on the side of he thinks this show was awesome, like that it was great. It is on the quality of you know like those first like four seasons and it was a fantastic ending to the show. So uh, I might be in the minority on this cause he's really the only other person I talked to, but I just don't feel like this show has learned from all the other great TV that's come out within the, these past 10 years, even shows like, uh, you know, breaking bad, um, which I think came out around the same time or, or maybe was airing after that show ended, whatever. Um, but it didn't learn from that. Um, in terms of its great storytelling, it, it feels a little bit um, plot conveniency so much of the time. A lot of the additional side characters are just very two-dimensional. They don't take enough time to develop them. And I just feel like this show could have been better, which is unfortunate. You mean like Hawkeye? Yeah, yeah, just like Hawkeye. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't um, take enough time to develop their characters. Yeah, yeah. That's something um, I keep saying, Adrian. I keep it, saying that about Hawkeye. And clearly the same rating for sure in terms mm-hmm. of, uh, you know, the amount of blood and uh, swearing and sex in it. Um, it's not, actually. There, there is more sex and blood in this show. <gasps> what? Um, gasp. Breaking Bad came out, by the way, in 2008. Dexter season one came out in uh, 2006. Oh, okay. So yeah, they were airing around the same time. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's interesting. I, I think like I felt very nostalgic watching this show. It felt like a blast from the past. It felt like something that I used to watch in the late, you know, 
like the late 2000s slash early 2010s. Like it, it, it put me back then, which is uh, both good and bad. I definitely think like the show is worth watching, especially if you finish, you know, the other eight seasons of Dexter. But I, I don't know if I can just be like, yeah, hey, it's worth watching nine seasons of this show now. Um, because I'm I'm it this series kind of put seeds of doubt in me on the quality of those, you know, first four seasons. And I'm almost tempted to jump back into it and, you know, like rewatch those first four seasons and be like, no, actually, those were good or not. And I think another factor that comes into play is that Dexter has a relatively similar premise to you. Right. I was going to ask you that. That was the, that was the question I was waiting queued up to ask. I'm I'm curious. You watched you recently, and you watched mm-hmm. obviously this season. Yeah, which show is better? I think you is better in every conceivable way. Honestly, like in really, terms of, yeah, like I really like you. Thanks, man. Um, as well as the Netflix show, you. I, I, I love you. I love you. We should get an apartment together in Vermont. Well, no, I, I like I love you as a, a friend. Why Vermont? Yeah, is that a reference to something that I'm not aware of? Uh, it's a reference to Anchorman. Oh, there's like a like a blooper yeah. reel in Anchorman. Yeah, good call. Uh, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I I definitely enjoyed you more. Um, as like I mean, again, both are I've watched relatively recently. Like I think I finished you season three like just a week or two prior to um, Dexter New Blood coming out, and yeah, again, I think you's quality is just superior. Um, to this in terms of its writing and and the way characters act and even like those tertiary characters in you are still more developed and still feel more real whereas Dexter I feel like suffers from these additional characters that just seem like almost like caricatures of how someone should act and like I don't know they have they focus on like high school kids as well and I think a lot of these kids are uh, shit actors honestly and they're like these kids are like you know in what show? Do they in Dexter do? New Blood, sorry. sorry. They focus I, on high school kids in Dexter New Blood? Yeah. Because uh, like Dexter's like girlfriend in the show um, like has a kid, blah, 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 blah. Oh, I'm, tr- I'm, okay. I'm trying not to like – I'm trying to be a little bit vague about it because I don't want to spoil anything. Um, yeah, you got to be they, careful. They do focus on like, yeah, some high school kids, which I just feel like suck. Like none of them are particularly interesting at all. Right. They Like one of the characters just seems like – too perfect you know what i mean like this character she has no she doesn't nothing poorly she's she's great at everything she's nice to everyone she's kind-hearted she's she's understanding she can see every situation from every single perspective she's great to her like like mom blah 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 blah. and it just felt like a little bit like this character just seems placed into every scene just to be like the the voice of reason which was a little bit annoying like that's the kid yeah like one of the teenagers you know what's Uh, interesting about that is that like people doing truly terrible things mm -hmm. and uh and like the people around them potentially not liking their actions or or liking them being understanding i feel like but you're kind of referencing you you might not be and i definitely don't want to inadvertently spoil dexter Mm -hmm. new blood but breaking bad people hated skylar Mm -hmm. as a character but i think her reaction is pretty warranted 100 percent, yeah like but people hate her and it's like i don't understand this it doesn't make any sense she's making react a reactionary she's reacting to a situation that she's kind of has no control over and honestly Mm -hmm. people i think they i think they harassed the actress 
at one point. They did, which is fucked. Thinking that, which is so ridiculous when that happens. Also, um, uh, Lena uh, Hetty from uh, Game of Thrones, like she was harassed because mm-hmm. of her portrayal of Cersei. It's like so stupid. Yeah, people like, are just dumb that they can't like differentiate fiction from reality. Yeah, yeah, from real life. Yeah, I know. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's. it's but anyways, silly. I interrupted you, but that's something that I'm wondering if it's like fan service and that this person is very understanding of every situation because people don't like like the negative voice yeah it's aspect. it's weird um and again i i think the additions uh of like m- like the some of the adult characters like uh, dexter has like a girlfriend in it who i really like um who who plays like a like a small town cop or whatever and uh, i think that's an interesting sort of like plot thread and again her her ambitions and and the, the the choices she makes throughout the series don't feel out of place there's one specific addition to the show though um who i absolutely adore and it's clancy brown simon you know the actor clancy brown uh yeah i do and, and the reason why actually I, I I know I know him from many places. He's in Lost in a, an amazing episode, and uh, he's in many other places. But I just mm-hmm. finished playing uh, Detroit Become Human, which is basically a movie. Apologies to Ken. Yeah, sorry, uh, but it's basically a movie in video game form. Like you're just playing through this narrative that's a choose your own adventure with many endings, and I just mm-hmm. love this. And Clancy Brown is literally my favorite character in that game. Yeah, he's awesome. He's so good. He's really good, and uh, yeah, and yeah, he, he's just as yeah. I love that game, man. Uh, Detroit Become Human—that's stellar. Um, it literally is like a movie that plays out, and you just make choices. It's been—it's fen- phenomenal. Um, I feel like very easily accessible for those that uh, you know might not be the greatest with the controller. Anyways, this is not a video game podcast, but yeah, Clancy Brown is uh, just as great, um, if not. Um, I, I would argue he's the best character in in Dexter New Blood, and he's easily wow. my favorite character. And I think his acting is some of the best in the show and again i really like his uh like his addition uh and and i just feel like a lot of a lot of what netflix sorry uh, netflix new blood dexter new blood does is good and i i just i just think it is just a little bit too far away from being great you know what i mean mm. there's a lot of good ideas but the way they reach those ideas just feel a little bit um plot conveniency um and again characters making dumb decisions for the sake of getting to a specific point and i don't know it uh th- that, that's that's kind of my big issue with it i still liked it and it's not really the redemption i really wanted but again it's just so much better than that original ending that I, i'm happy we got it honestly the way the show ended in like season eight anyways was like impossible. I feel like it was a, a near impossible task to redeem. So um, again, kudos to like Clyde Phillips for giving it a valiant effort to redeem it as a whole. And again, I, I'm, I'm sure most people liked it. I might be in the minority thinking this, um, but yeah, all in all, I liked it. I, I wish it was better, but it's still better than the original ending we got. And I, I didn't love it. And I probably won't rewatch it. Unless I decide to just do a full Dexter rewatch. I'm not certain, but Dexter New Blood on Rotten Tomatoes is being stated as a season one. So I, I don't know. Did they announce a second season of this revival? Um, I don't believe so. They they may have. I, I don't think so. I always understood this to be a miniseries, but maybe it is just... That's what I thought. So on IMDb, I just Googled this real quick. IMDb, yeah. it's listed as a TV miniseries. But maybe... Mm. 
I do find it odd that they would say it's a season one. Mm-hmm. Maybe they know something we don't. But anyways, it's 76% on Rotten Tomatoes. On both audience score and Tomato Mirror. Oh, yeah. You're looking, yeah, you're looking at the same page. Yeah. Which is interesting. It's not that, like, it's not super high or anything. So yeah. it's not as high as Hawkeye. Great show. Hawkeye. Great show. Great show now. No, I'm just kidding. It's fine. It's fine. Okay. All right, Adrian. Any, anything else you watched this week? Ooh, Simon. I did actually watch one more thing this week. Ooh, Are you ready for it? Oh, I'm ready. It's James Gunn's Peacemaker HBO Max television series, Simon. Ooh, yeah. So they released the first three episodes, I believe this past Thursday, and I think they're yeah. going to be releasing one episode each week. Um, was it Thursday or was it Wednesday? I don't remember. It was on Wednesday. Oh, actually, no. The 13th, the Thursday. Yeah, okay. That's what I thought. So uh, they're going to be releasing one more episode each week, and I think for a total of eight episodes. So we got another like five weeks left. Um, and I decided to uh, binge watch all three episodes in one sitting after I got yeah. home from work, um, which is funny because I just mentioned how I'm having a tough time sitting down and watching a movie. And for whatever reason, it's easier to watch three episodes of a TV show. Uh, mm. But I did that. And uh, goddamn, it's good, man. I love it. I love it. This is very awesome. Um, have you seen any of this yet, Simon? Question mark. I have indeed. I watched uh, one episode of Peacemaker, and uh, oh. wow, wow, was it a wild ride? Oh, yeah, wild ride indeed. It's uh, quite shocking and ridiculous. And the ridiculous is is like I love how it's speaking of balancing, like it's a balancing this absolutely ridiculous comedy with some heartfeltedness is exactly what I feel like James Gunn's formula is it's like yeah. guardians of the galaxy uh is it does this very well but it also it doesn't go complete raunch mm-hmm. whereas this goes very raunchy and somehow balances like this kind of more heartfelt nature and it's uh i don't know it's a it's a it's a masterful <laughs> i don't know for the first episode anyways i yeah. thought it was a masterful showing from from james gunn who just seems to write and direct it's pretty great things also that ridiculous intro sequence mm-hmm. is unbelievable and the fact that on hbo max it's impossible to, to skip apparently oh i didn't know that i think it's hilarious you can skip it on crave yeah of course they of course because bell i don't know they're not really up with the times yeah necessarily um bell owns crave a streaming service here in canada that ho- hosts all the hbo content if you don't know that audience um but yeah, no, that's intro dance number is just unreal. And mm-hmm. and the fact that like his whole thought process for this and he um he talked to Jennifer Holland like his is it his wife or his girlfriend? I'm not sure. But she's in the show mm-hmm. uh, playing Harcourt uh, about this dance number. He told told John Cena, he told a bunch of people and they're like, "Yeah, okay. Okay, James. Yeah, yeah, no problem." And basically, he described it as this like dance sequence in which they're completely serious, dancing this ridiculous, ridiculous number where their arm movements are almost, they're just so unbelievably stupid looking. Mm-hmm. But they do it with the most serious possible look on their face, like no smiles. That's the that's the premise that he kind of pitched everybody. For this dance number, which uh, a lot of the cast, I think, didn't necessarily truly believe was going to happen. But anyways, it's just unbelievable. But uh, but yeah, I, I got to continue watching more. I, I try to savor shows like this, and I've been savoring Succession too. I think I'm on the last two episodes um, on HBO because I just can kind of, I don't know, I really 
liking what James Gunn's done with this. So as as we go on, I'll probably watch one a week or maybe, um, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I like the choice to watch them all at once, but I don't necessarily watch them all at once, I guess, because I, considering I didn't watch Boba Fett thinking that I was going to, like the book of Boba Fett thinking I was. Oh, I forgot you know. that came out again. <laughs> I know, you keep forgetting. Did you watch the second episode? No, I didn't. <laughs> oh, because yeah, the third episode came out the, the last week too. Yeah. And I, I just haven't watched them because I, I kind of, I don't know. I, I was kind of tired of this like drip feed, but then again, I'm literally with Peacemaker not watching them all at once anyway. So it's not, I don't know. I'm a bit of a hypocrite, but it has, I mean, we only had two days before uh, we started recording this because we recorded our podcast on Saturday. Mm-hmm. So by Sunday, Monday, I'm sure we'll have watched uh, one or two episodes more, but regardless, what else did you think of the show? Cause you watched the other two episodes. Is it as amazing or as ridiculous as the first episode? Yeah, man. I, I think they maintain that sort of look and feel and that re- level of ridiculousness and comedy um, throughout these first three episodes. And I'm very excited to see where it goes. It fe- It's awesome because this feels like a direct sequel, which it is, to The Suicide Squad, which he also wrote and direct, right. uh, directed. And I don't know. It's nice to have something like this. I, I It's funny. I know it's not going to be the same in any way really but uh, it made me very excited for the batman a little bit more because yeah we're not going to get a movie immediately but we are getting that penguin series and we are getting that gotham series and now we're just expanding on penguin what penguin yeah didn't i say that yeah penguin yeah i'm confused did i say it wrong yes every time you say penguin you say penguin penguin penguin. what is a penguin it's a penguin (laughs) <laughs> i love it continue don't ever change <laughs> i'm so shocked and confused uh, yes i'm also excited for the penguin series with uh colin farrell that is very exciting for me yeah. as well yeah but like again it, it gets me a little bit more stoked and i feel like if d like dc warner brothers can yeah do it this awesome with uh suicide squad and peacemaker um I, i'm i'm confident they'll be able to do it with that batman show although again that's very different um yeah not probably going to be pg-13 not rated m yeah. or mature whatever the tv rating is tvma or whatever but yeah. so there's a different style there for sure but i see what you're saying in that i think you're worried that you're going to get we're going to potentially get gotham the gotham series type quality or mm-hmm. um like a cw tv series type quality where it's kind of i don't know just oversaturated and too many episodes and not really the same just pissed out quality metric yeah but but yeah yeah i don't know again this feels like it is again just that direct sequel to the suicide squad in terms of budgetary value yeah like the, a movie in tv form exactly exactly um so i don't know I'm, I'm very excited i think i think the characters um introduced in this show are very lovable and likable um and uh i don't remember when some of the characters get introduced so i'll i'll, I'll walk um slowly like carefully on this but uh they, they do introduce uh, one of um, Peacemaker's friends who I really love. Uh, he's just like this ridiculous fucking guy. Um, and again, I, I'm, I'm just I'm excited to see where this show goes. I, I really like it. I think it's funny. I think the acting's great. And uh, again, as per usual, James Gunn's music choices are top tier as well. Yeah. yeah, so good. And Eagly, man, when I got <laughs> to the end of that episode, what an incredible I thought it was so stupid. Yeah. Initially, I honestly, I got to be honest, but uh, Dawn, my girlfriend, we watched this together and she didn't love 
the show as much as I did. I think she thought it was a little too ridiculous. She was kind of like, what did I just watch at the end of episode one? Mm-hmm. Uh, but by the end of episode one, it kind of redeems itself with something with Eagly. And I was like, this is just, you think it's, you think it's too ridiculous, but then they kind of reel it back in. Like just enough. But, yeah, just, just enough. So like, for instance, uh, if, if they didn't, if it wasn't James Gunn with his perfect balance, it would be just the show kind of uh, about, you know, John Cena's penis or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Like uh, Peacemaker's it's huge, penis. It's huge penis. That's a problem. Yeah, which they make a joke about in episode one. And it's just like, it, that joke just, it almost didn't land, but it it kind of does because of what's shown after it with the smile from the character who he was talking to. Mm-hmm. And and she she obviously acknowledges its ridiculousness. And that's the beauty of it. Yeah. So like like our podcast, which if it was just a, a, you know a show with you, Adrian, no one to reel you back in might not be as incredible. Uh, incredibly rated in New Zealand as it is. Yeah, or the number two podcast in New Zealand. Or maybe I would bring it up to number one. Maybe I'm the New Zealand favorite. Who knows? Oh, I see. But if it was never reeled in, you'd probably never talk about any of the movies and TV series. I, I wonder if you'd just talk about, you know, whatever you talk about, farts and uh, <laughs> elephant hands. Farts are pretty. What do you mean elephant hands? Do I talk about elephant hands? I feel like I've never. No, I'm just, it's honestly, most of the stuff you say Random. That's all I'm saying. I brought up the. I remember when we talked about Rampage. I brought up the wolf with the hands. Yes. Don't recall ever bringing up elephants with hands. Rampage is a good movie. Maybe I'm predicting the future. Yeah. Hard to say. Rampage two, elephant hands. <sighs> yeah, that's right. Rampage two, elephant hands. Not right. sure how it's related. Not sure. Hands off the elephant. Let's workshop this. We're we're on here. Let's workshop this. What is it about, Adrian? I think you'd come up with the title after potentially you have a some kind of a plot line. Simon, no, no, no. You make a title and you, then you base the entire plot on it. That's how movies are made. We're both in the industry. You should know this. I don't. I don't think so. Ugh. No. No. But anyway, yeah, love Peacemaker episode one, and I'm assuming you'll like all three based on how you just talked about it. Mm-hmm. And when you just said, I liked all three episodes. Um, yeah. Verbatim. <laughs> lots of assumptions I'm making. <laughs> so many assumptions. Yeah. You know what happens when you assume, Adrian? It makes an ass out of you. And and me? Yeah, that's exactly what I just said, dude. Uh, I let you. I, I fell into that on purpose. I dove into that trap that you laid. Mm-hmm. Although I laid it because I started the sentence. Anyways, who cares? Let's move on. Anything else you've watched this week, Adrian? No. Oh. Yeah, that's it. That's all, I think. If I did... Oh, actually, I'm lying to you. Uh, I'm doing a rewatch of Attack on Titan because Attack on Titan, the final season, part two, started airing. Right. But it's only out in Japanese. Oh. So what I'm doing is I'm rewatching... I watched the entire show dubbed in English. Fantastic show. I love it. So I'm like damn it like i can't just start watching this show in japanese all of a sudden so now i'm re-watching the show in japanese simon i see but uh with subtitles with subbed sub or do you or or do you know japanese now maybe i know fluent japanese did you first learn fluent like oh man they released this this episode the, whatever this this new season in japanese i now have to learn japanese so you got a Babel account or uh Whatever they use nowadays. Uh, Duolingo. Um, Duolingo, yes. Or uh, what's that one? Coronation Street. Rosetta Stone. Right, Rosetta Stone. That's the one I was thinking of. Coronation Street? Isn't that like that British fucking (laughs) soap opera show? Downton Abbey. 
My mom used to watch Coronation Street. I don't know if she still does. General Hospital. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Adrian. I do know Japanese, though. Yeah, now you know Japanese. That's the only thing you know, and it's definitely something slightly dirty. No, it's not dirty. What is it, then? Say it in English. Translate it. Nah, I'm all right. It was dirty, 100%. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was right. Anyway, the last thing I watched is White Lotus, which is also on HBO. This is like the HBO slash, you know, cable networks episode where we talk about, you know, only cable network, the really gritty, high budget TV series. Boom. Showtime. Yeah. Boom. Boom. Home box office. Oh, well, you went for the official name. CW. (laughs) (laughs) CW sucks. Fuck that shit. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't agree with that part. But anyways, White Lotus is about this a vacation resort. You might have seen a trailer for it, Adrian. I don't recall if I did or not. I have a bad memory. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. You okay? Yeah. Yeah, I'm good. You're going to tell me about this fucking show or what? Like, what's going on here? Yes, yes, of course. Of course I am. White Lotus stars, I was looking it up on IMDb because I didn't have the, the actors' names and I felt like I didn't want to, and you know, I want to give the credit where the credit is due. Anyways, regardless, it stars uh, Jennifer Coolidge. It stars uh, Connie Britt, Alexandra Daddario. Uh, it stars mm-hmm. Plop from The Office, otherwise known as uh, Jake Lacey, his real name as an actor. Yeah. Because he's not actually Plop from The Office uh, in real life because you got to separate fiction and reality. I have trouble with that. Anyway, um, so there's lots of pretty solid solid actors in this HBO show. Obviously, the it's a more gritty tone. It uh, you know, shows nudity, etc., but it's about this vacation resort. It's a comedy. A bunch of people. It kind of actually feels like that Hulu show, Nine Perfect Strangers, mm-hmm. in a weird it, way. Yeah, it's not the same in that that was not really a resort. It was like a it was like a spa for like self help kind of thing, or you know, well not self help, like just others help, whatever. It's a it's a get a well being spa type situation. I can't. Mm-hmm. The words aren't coming to me right now. This these headphones. I again I used to use AirPods. I'm sorry, audience. Sorry. Anyways, regardless, this show, White Lotus, it's about this uh, resort in Hawaii. And it's run by like this resort manager named Armand, played by Murray, uh, Murray Bartlett. And uh, he's a ridiculous character. And honestly, they're all ridiculous characters. But it, uh, watching this with Dawn, my girlfriend, and the fact that we both worked in the customer service industry for so long, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's, all, there's all these like little trappings of like how – uh, the guests are treating the staff like kind of inappropriately or in a weird, weird ways. And it feels like whoever wrote this show, uh, like showrunner Mike White, maybe, uh, maybe he specifically worked in a hotel or something, or he worked at a resort because there's this little, there's like these little weird things. Like all these guests are just kind of weirdly rude, but they don't think they're being rude. And I just find that like they're, they're crossing the line constantly, but they think they're not. And uh, with like the staff, et cetera. Anyways, it's it's pretty entertaining. It's pretty funny. The only thing I have to say about it, we've watched two episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just don't know where it's going. That's the question I have. I thought this was potentially a miniseries like Nine Perfect Strangers. Um, but I don't know exactly where it's going to play out because there's a second season. So I'm not sure if this is like supposed to be an anthology series because the next season, they just cast... Uh, Aubrey Plaza and they cast um, I can't remember his name the actor but he's a dude from Sopranos and uh, and it's like a new cast in this new show it's like I guess 
I know the next the next holiday season. It seems like that's where they're going to go with it, but I don't know. I have no. I don't know how this is going to end because it just seems like it's a show almost about nothing in a weird way. Okay, it is kind of relaxing though. You're kind of like taking on this trip to Hawaii with these random people, and they're all just quirky human beings um, doing quirky things. They are. They feel like they feel like real people, but they just are doing. They're clearly like just a bunch of rich people in this really high end resort, and uh, just, again, they just are inappropriate a lot of the time. I see. But uh, it's definitely entertaining. It's definitely as as all HBO shows are. Uh, has incredibly high production values. White Lotus is also rated very highly, I believe, on Rotten Tomatoes. I've definitely now now that I'm like looking at it, like I, I open the app in Crave and I'm just like reading the description and stuff as you're talking. And um, yeah, like this definitely rings a bell. I think it is rated quite well. Eighty nine percent. Oh, jinx! You know, on, on Rotten religion. Tomatoes. The music's actually very good too. Actually, it's very unique, and I really appreciate it um, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, last time you recommended a comedy to me, uh, I really enjoyed it with Avenue five. So I'll probably wait for you to finish it. And then, uh, maybe I'll, maybe I'll give this a little looky. Um, Jennifer Coolidge, I think she's just such an underrated actor. Like she's so fucking funny and everything Her she's face, in. The way she emotes. emotes. Yeah. It's just, it's just funny. She doesn't even have to say anything. Although the way she speaks her mannerisms uh, oftentimes with her characters, it's just really funny. It, it's she can almost say nothing. And I would feel I feel like I'd get you'd get a laugh out of me. So yeah. 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 She's Stifler's mom in American Pie movies, which I really love. I think that's exactly what Dawn said mm-hmm. when we were watching it. But the show is running when she said it out loud. And I'm like, I don't know who that is because I (laughs) I haven't watched an American Pie movie in many years. So those movies, uh, they're funny, but they're definitely a little problematic. Like when you like look back and watch them like, ooh, yeah, (laughs) that that probably shouldn't slide. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I don't know if I recommend recommend White Lotus yet. I do. Honestly, the production values are great and it is funny. It just, uh, I'm not sure where they're going with it. So I'm curious to see where it goes, but uh, it's grabbed us for sure. Like, I'll just say that we've been hooked. We're going to watch the rest of the season, Yeah. but we, we don't get hooked necessarily that aggressively. Like I, I don't think nine perfect strangers, the plot line by the end of it, it felt like it just didn't go anywhere by the end. It kind of felt pretty, it's hard for me to recommend that show. Although the performances are fantastic. You got Melissa McCarthy and Nicole Kidman and, um, like many others, uh, Luke Evans, uh, many others in that, that TV series. Uh, and it's a really amazing cast and they do a great, a great job. But I just, I wondered like, is the premise like you're going to go on the journey to the spa with them? Cause it, it felt like there was stuff that happened throughout, but it just kind of felt like a lot of it was back burner and it was mainly about the relationships between each of the characters. And by the end of it, you're like, I don't know if I got enough out of that. That's what I kind of felt like by the end of that. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like that so far in this. I'm just kind of curious where they might go. It seems like it's just uh, the show is a is just kind of starting to boil, and it's just going to start to boil over. It looks like that's how they're positioning this series, is that it's just like this thing that's like clearly there's some problems with this mix of guests and the staff, and what's going to happen by the end 
I guess you're going to have to keep watching to find out. That's kind of mm-hmm. what it feels like. That's my my two cents uh, on that series. Adrian, shall we move on to the news? No. Adrian, come on, buddy. Come on. All right. You know what? You're pulling my leg here. I'll say all right this time. You know what? All righty. Thank you. I right. appreciate that. Let's begin with a small collection of more focused stories that have been particularly pertinent this week. Number one. According to Deadline... MUD director Jeff Nichols is no longer the director for the upcoming A Quiet Place spinoff film. Instead, Pig director Michael Cernowski has been hired on to take his place. A Quiet Place is a franchise created by writer-director John Krasinski for Paramount that follows an American family dealing with the aftermath of a hostile alien invasion. The aliens, as the title implies, have incredibly keen hearing despite their lack of other senses. The Cernowski-directed spinoff is predicted to no longer follow stars Emily Blunt and John Krasinski's characters who were featured in the first two films of the series. Adrian, what do you make of this? Are you excited for this spinoff? Um, Are you confused by the director change? I, I'm just confused about this whole situation because I could have sworn, like looking on, like some sources when I was reading were saying that they are directing A Quiet Place Part 3. Not that they were directing the Quiet Place spinoff series, like movie. So I'm just like very confused because there's so many conflicting reports. But if M- Deadline is the one saying that they 100% are doing the uh, spinoff like movie, then okay, I, I'll accept that. I'm just very confused at that whole rigmarole. But either way, whatever uh, what, whatever movie they are directing, it's quite clear that Paramount is. Um, treating a quiet place with care. And what I mean by that is that they are choosing high caliber directors for these movies. Obviously, John Krasinski isn't directing, I guess, a part three or the spinoff, whatever the hell it is. Um, And I think, again, he did phenomenal for, uh, you know, uh, those first two movies. But again, these two directors, I haven't seen many, if any of their movies, like Michael Cernowski, I think the only movie he actually did direct was that pig movie. And then he did direct, I think, a TV series or two. Um, But again, that pig was incredibly well regarded. And Jeff Nichols, again, directing Mud, which was a well regarded movie. There was that loving movie he directed, uh, which came out like, I don't know, like five or six years ago. And I know that was like, well uh, liked. Um, So again, they're, they're, they're picking these directors to ensure that the quality stays high for this. Uh, The one thing I would hate is for a quiet place to kind of just become shit. You know, they drag it out too long. It becomes like almost, um, although I, I love the walking dead, but it, it becomes like the walking dead where they do a bunch of spinoffs and then these spinoffs don't necessarily hit. Um, I'm more mm. so referring to, you know, like fear of the walking dead, like season four and five. And then right. that, uh, walking dead show about the kids, a world beyond the world beyond or some shit like that, which I know even is like, then like the walking dead, the quality is very weird up and down. The yeah. showrunners from one season is different from another. There's like what, five, six showrunners that ran that show. And mm-hmm. some of them did a better job than others to say the least. Yeah. So, so I don't know. It's, it's an interesting one uh, with this. Um, now, if this is a quiet place, part three, it isn't. Yeah. That's what I'm so confused about. The internet is lying to me. I, I, I don't you. think it is like the deadline article is stating that it isn't. It's supposed yeah. to be a spinoff that might have those characters in it. Like John Krasinski's and uh, mm. Emily Blunt's characters in it, but 
it's not going to be focused on them, certainly. I think yeah. that that was the idea. Another part of the A Quiet Place universe. I see. Another part of the of Earth during the alien invasion. Understood. I think was the angle. Interesting. Well, either way. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's, it's interesting. I, I'm excited for this. I, I like the A Quiet Place universe. Uh, I am kind of curious as to why like John Krasinski isn't returning for this. If it is a spinoff, I guess that kind of makes sense. Um, like you're telling me, I wonder if he will come back to write and direct a quiet place part three which i would uh like because again he just did such a great job on those first two movies um but yeah i don't know i guess there's not much to uh really dive into because we we don't necessarily know what the spinoff is going to be about or anything i just just wanted to comment on uh paramount's uh choice of bringing in uh, high caliber directors for this i agree with you completely though but the high caliber directors it, it is an interesting thing like jeff nichols with mud like that uh that was like the beginning of matthew mcconaughey's like the the mcconaissance you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. he comes in and like all right all right all right yeah like true detective mud i think i think it might have started with mud honestly mm-hmm. um in 2013 and then there was like all these movies he's in and he was kind of in mostly rom-coms like romantic comedies before that um and some dramas but that wasn't really his focus and then we just saw what he could do and then he was in dallas buyers club and like he, he, oh man Interstellar, time, but, which we've mentioned already on the show. Yeah, yeah, Interstellar for sure. But it kind of started with Mud in, in a way. And like, if you look at Jeff Nichols, his history on Rotten Tomatoes, it's his track record is incredibly well regarded. And then Sarnowski is like winning these awards for Pig and people are talking about him being like, you know, the best new director of 2021 and the best up and coming uh, talent and things like that. So it it's cool. Like, uh, like in terms of, he didn't obviously direct that many things before that were in like big Hollywood, mm-hmm. like there were big Hollywood projects, but pig is very well regarded and it's cool that he's taking this over. So like, it kind of gives you pause a little bit in a, in a good way, I guess. Yeah. Like you just think, think about, I'm, I'm curious like where they're thinking the story's going to go, but Jeff Nichols specifically, uh, he actually has another paramount project he didn't just leave. He literally left for scheduling conflicts because he signed a deal with Paramount and he's making a science fiction untitled uh, TV series project with Paramount for Paramount Plus, apparently. Mm. We don't know what it is. That's kind of where he's going, what he's doing. I wonder if that's A Quiet Place. That would be funny if that was a, an A Quiet Place series. Yeah, if they just go with that. Like, you could do it, but again, like... They might have announced it, though. They yeah. didn't do that. So it's probably not that. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm interested. Again, I, I think those first two Quiet Place movies are awesome and... I'm excited to see where it goes. Um, and uh, I think when we both, or at least when I talked about A Quiet Place Part 2, it, it ends very abruptly and um, similar to, I guess, how the first one ends where there's like a very obvious jumping on point um, in this in the sequel. So uh, if they do decide to go the spinoff route first, I'll be a little bit disappointed that I'll have to wait longer to see where the story goes. But uh, either way, as long as it's done well, I'm excited. Adrian, number two. Number two, story number two, as Deadline reports, the Hitman's bodyguard director, Patrick Hughes, has signed on to direct a reimagining of director Gareth Evans' martial arts film, The Raid Redemption, for Netflix. Gareth Evans and Transformers director Michael Bay are also set to produce the project. 2011's The Raid Redemption is a highly regarded, intense martial arts action film that follows a SWAT team in Indonesia that gets trapped and ambushed in a crime lord's rundown apartment building. Gareth Evans also wrote and directed a The Raid sequel film in 2014. 
In a statement, the producers for Patrick Q's upcoming version of the film collectively said, quote, We are incredibly excited about Patrick's unique vision for this film. It's a distinctly original take on the material, which promises to pay great respect to the original film while also bringing a fresh approach and perspective that will set its own course in the action genre, unquote. Adrian, I know you like The Raid and The Raid 2. What do you make of this news of Patrick Hughes? <laughs> That's a good one. I like that a lot, actually. The news of Patrick Hughes. You're welcome. Thank you. Honestly, that was that was fantastic. Uh, well, Simon, uh, one of the reasons I wanted to bring this up is because we talked about the uh, train to New York, um, which is uh, a American remake of a train to Busan, which is this uh, Korean zombie movie, uh, South Korean zombie movie that came out, um, you know, however many years ago that I, I absolutely adore. And, you know, we both were talking about it a little bit and um, how you just don't really think that there's any reason for it to come or, or to be redone because that movie already exists. And, you know, like I kind of agree with you and, and kind of don't, you know, I, I think, I think for wider audiences, it makes sense to remake it in English. Um, but again, this one is just a, this is a weird one. More and more. I see like these like reimaginings or retellings of like a similar story. Um, and this one to me just doesn't really make sense because really the raid great movie again both those movies are great but they the, the, i think the main point at least of the first one um is really just like you know these cops that go through a building and they just have boss fights as they're going through these floors and just these crazy badass action scenes and i don't necessarily think that that is a fully original idea it was just done so damn well yeah, it was very well shot and had very good fight choreography mm -hmm. and great martial art artists contributing to it. Yeah. I think that was the the three kind of the like obviously Gareth Evans knew exactly what he was going for and it almost felt like a, playing a video game yeah, in exactly. a weird way. Like you're watching these characters go through this and the they the way that they highlighted the villains mm -hmm. and the boss fight the bosses for the boss fights before he gets there I think was masterful. Yeah. And that's kind of the beauty of it. Yeah, like it really did feel like a video game. And I just I I understand what that they want to, I guess, capture that same essence and then just do like an English version of it. But I feel like we already have had that. And that was the movie Dread. I don't know if you've ever watched the movie Dread, um, that the remake um, that stars like Carl Urban. That movie's fucking badass as shit. It's awesome. It's literally Dread just going through floors. And there are like these boss fights and these crazy action scenes just going through these floors of this hotel or this building, which is pretty much just the same premise of uh, raid to a certain extent. So we've already had a movie like this. So I'm very curious, like what, what original idea or, or original take that Patrick Hughes can bring to this? Like, what is he going to do? And I like the Hitman's bodyguard. I thought that was a fun movie. Is it that great? No. Is it anywhere near the level of, of quality? Um, of, of action as as the raid movies are hell no so this is just seems like a kind of confusing like why even attach yourself to this like why why even make that connection at the end of the day it just it seems pointless if you're gonna make something of this premise then just make it like i don't necessarily think this is gonna bring any positive press i guess to your movie maybe it will i don't know 
maybe I'm being naive in saying that, but uh, th- this just seems like a wholly pointless process because again, th- like the raid movie isn't a fully original idea. And again, I feel like you kind of made that argument to a train to Basan or the train to Basan, but I feel like the train of Basan was just, I think that was a original idea, like in terms of like trapped on a train with a bunch of zombies and, you know, it being about like a father daughter story and everything like that. And I, I can see how you can remake that movie and, and, you know, maybe like do a couple tweaks and again, just Americanize it. Uh, but this just, again, I feel like we've already had an American version of this and it was the dread movie. And uh, I don't know. It just seems this one genuinely just seems a little bit pointless to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. I, I mean, it's kind of like a repurposed, opinion from that it's i believe it's called the the last train to new york just to oh yeah sorry quell any correction for later but um but yeah the it's a strange yeah like the sorry the last train to new york is the is the remake that they're making uh in the the states of the train to Passon. but yeah like i i don't know that this director to just go off on what you're saying and go in a slightly different direction i don't know that this director patrick hughes is a good choice for this because his track record is not necessarily martial arts films. Mm-hmm. Not that he couldn't get a great choreographer and make a great martial arts films, but he's known for Expendables 3 and Hitman's Bodyguard and Hitman's Bodyguard's wife or whatever. Yeah. And I, I don't know that it's a strange thing because I don't know that those movies lend themselves to be great, well-shot films that kind of set up these characters in such masterful kind of creative ways and then show incredible action sequences. Like the action sequences in The Hitman's Bodyguard were okay, but honestly, I can't remember a single one. Whereas I watched The Raid many years before Mm -hmm. that and I remember a lot of them. Oh, yeah. And I remember Mad Dog specifically and his name and his fighting style in some aspect. And I think I've I've seen it once, by the way. So I don't think that you're the greatest choice. Prove me wrong. But I mean, those three movies are his latest movies. Yeah. Expendables 3, Hitman's Bodyguard, Hitman's bo- Wife's Bodyguard, and they've kind of gotten worse. Uh, as they've progressed. I haven't watched any of the Expendables movies, to be fair. but Audience members like the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguards, for, for clarity, but um, oh, critics good. do not. Critics think it's a 27% on Rotten Tomatoes. Ooh, ouch. Which, I mean, Batman vs. Superman is a 28%. So Which is a good movie. We both know it's a great movie. But yeah, I just feel like... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I guess I, I agree with you. I just don't think Patrick Hughes is the right choice. I mean, like I would have gone for to like Chad Stahelski or, or and, David uh, Leach. You know? David Leach, right? Yeah. That's what I would have chosen. Me but too. I feel like that. I think based on the quote here too, I think that Hughes had a vision for this film. So I'm kind of curious how it will turn out. But I don't think it's going to be necessarily good. The other thing that's crazy is Gareth Evans literally has a deal with Netflix. Why doesn't he just make the Raid Three or a different kind of movie that's kind of similar in that universe? Maybe it takes place in the United States and uses the same um, actor who's featured in both The Raid and The mm-hmm. Raid 2. Like Re- The Raid Redemption and The Raid 2. Yeah. Um, what's his name, actually? Let's give him some credit here. The the martial artist. Uh, oh, I don't know how to pronounce it necessarily, but Iko Uwas, uh, who plays Rama. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, he's, he's fantastic. So I, I don't know. I, I, I'm on the fence with this one because also, and I, I'd like to connect it to the first story here, Distinctly, those two directors, Jeff Nichols and Michael Cernowski, who are now were both potentially attached to a, the A Quiet Place spinoff film, they're both got these incredible track records. Of the, these making these really intricate kind of indie films that are really beloved by both audience and critics, mm-hmm. and they're being attached to this project that's also beloved in A Quiet Place and A Quiet Place Two. The A Quiet Place universe so far has only been loved really mm-hmm. by critics and audience. 
So they're, they're clearly Paramount's handling it with care. And then you look on the other side and, uh, you know, I don't know. They're just kind of <laughs> throwing it to, to Patrick Hughes, who has a pretty not great track record for a movie that's literally really well regarded, again, by both audiences and by um, by critics in The Raid and The Raid 2. Both films, you'd think maybe The Raid 2 would have gotten like, you know, oh, they're just cashing in. Uh, uh, you know that that uh, that kind of effect that you you have oftentimes when you have a really good movie, a good action movie, you can have the sequel be pretty pitiful in regards to the first, just because it's well, just like uh, just you're cashing in on the the hype and the cult following that the raid had, but it wasn't. The raid two is almost as highly rated. Yeah, well, literally like the the train, yeah, like the train of Basan sequel as an example, since we're bringing that up as well. Like I thought Peninsula right. was literally just garbage. Like it, it felt like a cash grab. So exactly, it, which can happen. And that's kind of uh, one of those, not gimmicky films, but when you have a zombie film, it can be gimmicky if you really lean into the zombies too hard, potentially. But I think that they, that's not, a, again, not a gimmicky film, but the Train to Busan wasn't about the zombies. And you kind of focused on this really intimate human story and you made this great film. It's not about the spectacle necessarily. And I'd imagine that the problem with Peninsula is you're just leaning into the other aspects of the crazy zombies i'm assuming i again i haven't seen it but you you could tell me more yeah it just lost all its heart <laughs> yeah right the heart is the issue and again that's because printer persona was so well loved but they think it, they missed the point of why they why people and critics love trained Persona. yeah is my guess and that happens often yeah I, I, it's like the same director as the first one as well i just can't wrap my head around that it just blows my fucking mind that's stranger but that's how you know that gareth evans isn't a fluke right mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why it's interesting. And honestly, I really want to watch his show. I feel bad that I haven't seen it yet, but there's just so many things to watch. But that show, what's it called now? Gangs of London, I believe it's called. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right about that. But we can't watch it in Canada. It's hard to watch. I think we'd have to purchase it or something. I, I got f- I think it was AMC. So you have to like buy the AMC subscription, I think. So I think – so you can watch it now, but you need an AMC Plus subscription. Right. That's the problem. So I'm a big guy. I'm a big believer in, I'm not that big of a guy, but, but you know, five, 10. Anyway, uh, but uh, <laughs> okay. I said I'm a big guy. So I'm just trying to make corrections here as we go, because I still can't hear myself. You is a big guy. You're huge. Regardless. I don't even know where I was going with that. What was I saying? I don't know. Oh, I'm not a big believer in uh, or I'm a big believer specifically in buying seasons passes on iTunes, and I've been doing it for years. Why you wouldn't just let me do things a la carte if I want to is mind-boggling. You're still making your money. If I'm paying $50 for a season, we talked about this before, but it's so frustrating. Do you want your damn, you want your damn subscription fee so much, like for what, $10 a month, rather than letting me just buy the season? It's just, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but... Uh, what the hell? You could buy it for two ninety nine. <laughs> the entire season? No, you can buy each episode. Oh, so you can buy the episodes for two dollars and ninety nine cents. I don't think you can buy the season necessarily, though. Mm. Anyway, it's relatively well regarded, so I'm I'm curious. I, I'm wondering if I should buy into that. But I just did this whole spiel about that. The reason why I said that is because The Walking Dead, if I recall, you cannot buy the season. Yeah. Now I'm going to look it up, Adrian. But you told me that, so that better be true because now I'm looking it up right now. What season is it? Season 11? 10, 11. I like how you counted it. Thank you. Well, you can now. You can now, but before you could. What? Adrian, come on, You man. couldn't back then, dude. I swear to you. It didn't give you the option. It just gave you the option to subscribe to AMC. I'm, I'm certain about that. 
it's aired now. So maybe that's why you can buy it. But I swear to God, I ain't lying to you, Simon. I checked it on air at the time. This buy from two ninety nine has just appeared. Okay, it's just appeared. Okay, maybe they maybe they realized they were actually getting more money from that than they thought, and people yeah. weren't subscribing to AMC Plus. AMC Plus is just another one, like another streaming service. Like you, they got to stop. There's too many of them. Like some of these should consolidate. Like FX now is that still a thing? I guess it is, it is but yeah. it really shouldn't be because like you have. Like Disney Plus, I don't know. Because FX, of course, used to be owned by Fox, and Fox was purchased by Disney, so they own it. So, again, we may start start seeing more consolidation over, over the next few years. I don't necessarily want AMC to be bought by one of the big companies just because it, the, the extra companies uh, breed competition. Typically, more competition also breeds more quality. So, And having only, like, let's say Disney buys AMC, yeah. that's not that useful. Because you want you want to have more competition. Disney almost owns everybody at this point. They own us. They own our hearts. Mm-hmm. That we love the MCU. Our hearts and minds. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Anyway, Adrian, it's time to move on to number three. As announced by Netflix, Arrested Development actor Will Arnett is set to star in a Netflix detective comedy series called Murderville. Ooh. The series will follow Arnett's character, Terry Seattle, as he gets strapped with a new celebrity guest detective partner each week. Guest comedians like community star Ken Jeong, late night legend Conan O'Brien, and Schitt's Creek star Annie Murphy will each get a chance to work with Terry Seattle and his boisterous mustache. Interestingly, the guest stars will each not be given a script. Instead, they will solely rely on their ability to improvise. By the end of the episode, each guest star will be asked by Terry Seattle to select the murderer out of the episode's group of suspects. The new show is based upon the award-winning BBC series Murder and Successful and will premiere on February the 3rd, 2022. <gasps> Adrian, what do you make of this? This is this was like the best news of the week for me. Ooh. In my like I think this is coming out on February 3rd. This is so soon. This is also coming out before all these big massive video game releases, but mm-hmm. I I you know, it's February is like the, the best month of the year, or it's gearing up to be for me, except for maybe when the Batman comes out in March. Mm. But uh, what are you making of this? Like, we both are big fans of Will, of Will Arnett, mm-hmm. and we're big fans of Arrested Development, so... Yeah, man, uh, I love Will Arnett. I think Will Arnett's absolutely stellar, and I think just based on this premise, I didn't realize it was based on some, like, British show, um, but I think... The, the premise itself, Will Arnett, I feel like fits into that, like the role that he's going to be playing perfectly. Uh, again, like you mentioned, um, you know, Will Arnett is just like, we're huge fans of him. And not only because of Arrested Development, but for me, like one of my favorite shows ever, BoJack Horseman, like he, he plays the lead star in that. And again, he, he's, anything he's in, he just, my, my eyes are glued on this guy. I fucking love him. Um, he's kind of been the king of Netflix for a while, yeah. or at least he was before, and he hasn't been in a show for a little while, like about two years. Since BoJack's ending? Yeah, yeah, like he was in Flaked, which, which I, I really adore. Um, the music in that show, honestly, is top tier. I like the choices in that, for like the soundtrack. And oh man, I can't say enough good things about that show. He was in um, a series of unfortunate events for a little bit of time too. And um, he was just kind of been in like, a lot of Netflix series. He just has a good relationship with them. And obviously Arrested Development was picked up by Netflix as well at some point. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, again, I just think this idea is really great. I think Will Arnett being a part of it's great. I think these, uh, these guest stars that they've selected so far are awesome. Like I love Ken Jeong. 
I think he's fucking hilarious. And uh, yeah, I, I, I think this is awesome. I'm very stoked for this. I didn't realize that it was this soon. Like when I read the little article, like I'm, I'm kind of shocked that it's this soon. I, maybe I just missed it. Again, I have a very bad memory and short attention span. But uh, color me sold on this, Simon. What do you think? What do you think about this? I'm so excited, as I just said. I just find that the the whole mix-up of the concept of it being like almost like a whose line is it anyway type situation where they, they have to – again, they don't have a script. Yeah, they don't have the answers. They don't have the answers, but then they have to like choose the answer by the end. I'm kind of curious how – much it's going to feel like a scripted show by the end, or is it going to be kind of staged almost like a game show? I yeah. hope I hope it feels more scripted and we're just kind of watching the ridiculous improvisations as if it's just part of the script. Mm-hmm. Because these actors that are being chosen are pretty talented. Like they're really skilled at what they do. And so I feel like that will be brilliant in, the, in this maybe the same way. I don't know if that came out yet, but that uh, James McAvoy movie i was literally just googling that right now yeah like did that come out because i feel like we must have missed it but i wonder if it was well regarded either but there was a my son my son which is a drama in which it's a film in which james mcavoy's improvising all of his lines like he's all the actors around him have a script but he doesn't he's been thrown into this situation he knows i think the basic premise of how his character starts who his character is they give him the script of who he is but he's thrown into this and has to just improvise. Uh, I think his son gets kidnapped or something like that. Anyway, that is something that's interesting to me. Is it on Rotten Tomatoes as a rated movie or? Yeah, it's 60% on Rotten Tomatoes. It released in November, November 3rd. Okay. I wonder how we can watch that in Canada, I mean. Yeah, because it's a... <sighs> Sorry, one second. Let me find out for you, Simon. It's a Peacock streaming movie. Oh, boy. We don't have Peacock. My son, my son. Can we buy it at least? My son movie. Nope, that's a different my son movie. Uh, you can't buy it on Apple TV, so I don't know where we would buy it. Maybe we can't watch it in Canada. Hmm, that's unfortunate. Oh well, maybe we'll see it at some point on some kind of streaming service of some sort. Yeah, but I guess we'll see. But yeah, I'm super excited, and that mustache looks great. I like a good mustache. He just looks ridiculous, and his name is ridiculous. I love his name, Terry Seattle. Come on. Come on. It's a $10,000 suit. Come on. Come on. <laughs> uh, God, I love rest of development. Take a look at Banner, Michael. Take a look at Banner, Michael. Yeah. It's golden. It's a golden TV series. All right, Adrian. What's a banana cost? $10? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because soon that joke uh, won't make any sense. I blew myself. <laughs> yeah. I'm still dedicated to being Tobias for um, Halloween this year. I'm not, uh, as we've discussed, I'm not a big fan of how the Ontario, uh, the Ontario government has handled COVID. And, and, and for some reason, I get these like it's a David Cross caricature vibe from the, from the, the Ontario's top doctor. <laughs> Do you get that vibe at all? Uh, no, not, not, not exactly. Uh, I, I'm getting it now because because of all the ridiculousness. I'm getting like the, you know, because also Funke is a doctor in Arrested Development. He is, yeah. But his, his voice and- He's also an anaerobist. An anaerobist, yeah, he is. But the way he looks, like the top doctor and the way that like Funke looks, I don't know if you've ever made that connection. I'm only making it again because I feel like the, the way they're handling this last bit of, the, bit of the pandemic is kind of, in Ontario, is kind of weird. It's very strange stuff. 
what's going on. They're just winging it. Ke- Dr. Kieran Moore. I'm like looking at him. I definitely know where you're coming from. <laughs> but if you see him talk, though, you got to see him talk. That's the thing. He just looks like him. And then he's got a mustache, kind of. It's facial hair. But if you listen to him in a press conference, you can kind of see the connection. Also, because there's been some just some strange choices made. If he wasn't making strange choices, I'm not saying he's like David Cross, the man. I'm like t- saying like he's uh, one of David Cross's many characters. Yeah, I follow you. Anyway, I digress. I digress. Time to, time to. Are we jumping into the next bit of Patrick Hughes news? Oh yes, we are. Now onto the montage, the sequence of our show in which I briefly present the week's smaller news stories as Adrian delivers a brisk verdict. Number one, as Entertainment Weekly reports, Network ABC has renewed medical drama Grey's Anatomy for its nineteenth season. Wild, so many seasons. I stopped watching at the, the early days of season fourteen. I still got to watch it. I like Grey's Anatomy. It's good. Number two, as Deadline reports. Pitch Perfect star Elizabeth Banks, Succession star Sarah Snook, and Hangover star Zach Galifianakis have each been cast in the upcoming Apple original film Beanie Bubble. Relatively new directors Kristen Gore and Damien Kulosh are directing this new film from Imagine Entertainment that is set to adapt Zach Bizanet's novel surrounding the Beanie Baby craze of the 1990s. Man, I, I forgot about Beanie Babies. And I just... I just I opened this up online and so many memories just came flooding back to me. It's wild. Yeah, I collected them as well. Good times. Good times. Number three, as publication Variety reports, Netflix romantic comedy series Emily in Paris has been renewed for both a third and a fourth season. Nice. That's cool. I never watched it. Number four, as reported by Deadline, the Dexter revival Dexter New Blood is the most watched TV season in network Showtime's history. Wow. That's awesome. It's great. Number five, as Variety reports, Network FX has ordered a series revival for crime drama Justified. The new series will officially star actor Timothy Oliphant in a reprisal of his role as Marshal Raylan Givens as he rejoins the U.S. Marshal Service in Miami and Detroit. Maybe FX was all like, damn, Dexter Newblood did really well coming back this this many years later. Maybe we should do this for Justify. Uh, they made this decision in the beginning of the year. I'm just officially stating that uh, Oliphant is in it, actually. Oh. So they made it before Newblood started airing, but I'm sure they're more excited about it now. Yeah. Well, disregard what I said. Wait, this is different networks. I'm sure there's no relation, actually. Sorry to nix you, uh, nix your idea there. In the in the buds. Steal your thunder. Burst your beanie bubble. Nix your ideas in the buds and throw it into the garbage. That common phrase. Sort of be a wet blanket. Number six. According to Deadline, Netflix is working on two back-to-back sequels for their action comedy Red Notice. Gal Gadot, Dwayne Johnson, and Ryan Reynolds are each set to return for the sequels when production potentially begins in 2023. Ooh. Have you watched Red Notice yet? I have not. Me neither. Number seven. As Variety reports, star of the 1994 Christmas classic Santa Claus, actor Tim Allen, has been cast in a Santa Claus limited series over at streaming service Disney+. Plus. Production on the new series is set to begin in March. This is awesome. I uh, I love those Santa Claus movies. Now, Simon, just to, just to give you a little heads up, you didn't add the E at the end of Santa Claus? as it is on the movie because it's a Santa Claus, like a Claus, but not Santa Claus. You know what I'm saying? Mm-mm-mm. It is indeed. I wonder if that joke went over my head years ago and I just didn't notice. 
I will be honest, it went over my head up until uh, I read this story that it came up and I was like, wait one second, that's not how you spell claws. And then I realized that's how you spell the other claws. It's the Santa Claus. Yeah. Damn it. The legal thing. Yeah. Wow. That took me, wow. It took me 27 years to understand that joke. Crazy. Number eight, as followed by the Hollywood Reporter, the CW's Arrowverse star, David Ramsey is looking to direct and star in a TV series on the CW called Justice You that is set to follow Ramsey's character John Diggle as he tutors young metahumans into the heroes that they are meant to be. <sighs> Number nine, as Deadline reports, the Reese Witherspoon starring Apple TV Plus drama series The Morning Show has been renewed for a third season with season one and two showrunner Carrie Aaron set to be replaced by Homeland screenwriter Charlotte Stout. Oh, what a twist. What a twist. I know you like this show. Maybe I'll watch it or I won't. Who knows? Number 10. As Deadline reports, Apple TV Plus has greenlit a limited series from How to Get Away with Murder writer Abby Ajayi called The Plot. The plot follows a literary thief named Jake, played by Moonlight Oscar winner Mahershala Ali. Oh, Mahershala Ali, our very own Blade in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Wow, amazing. And that concludes the montage. Blade montage. What's the plot? What's a literary thief? You just steal books? You just steal words? I think he plagiarized. Oh. I just uh, I truncated it down because it's the montage, you know? You don't... Yeah. You don't write too much in the montage. Brisk verdicts, brisk newses. Patrick Hughes, brisk news. Yes. Yes. Patrick Hughes, brisk news. The brisk news with Patrick Hughes, Simon. Although he's not here at all. Unless you have been Patrick Hughes this entire time. I haven't been. Okay, fair enough. It's good to know. Unless, I mean, unless you are still Melissa McCarthy, you know, you got to bring that that little gem, gem of a joke back. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's me, Melissa McCarthy. It's been me all along. I accept your apology from like 20 episodes ago or however many episodes ago. That was forever ago. Yeah. Anyways, I'm going to switch out with Adrian again. Hey, it's me, Adrian again. Same person. Different person, actually. Same voice. Adrian is making a reference to an episode of our podcast of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast called Apologies to Melissa McCarthy. Mm -hmm. I was like, you know how they sometimes, uh, like even on the TV series Lost, when people started getting lost at the like the last season, they had that little ticker tape on the bottom. Mm -hmm. It was explaining like, it's like, did you know that uh, Desmond Hume is is actually uh, is actually bisexual? And uh, was he bisexual in that show? No, he, he isn't. I, I, I was oh. making something up. <laughs> I was like, I don't remember him kissing dudes he he's i don't know why i said that but <laughs> regardless you know i'm talking about like i didn't want to i didn't want to spoil lost that's what i was really avoiding yeah the the 10 year old series lost that i was just trying to avoid spoiling it for for any audience out there god i love lost i love lamp speaking of lost actually just briefly i don't want to you know detra uh, detract too much from the next segment uh the new releases segment but adrian adrian yeah lost was referenced recently on the verge like the tech website the verge and i was like what i don't understand how this is possible, but Yellow Jackets, the TV series, this is like that's like a hundred percent of Rotten Tomatoes. Mm -hmm. This writer from The Verge was like, Yellow Jackets is making me have nostalgic nostalgic flashbacks to Lost. Oh, and I'm like, maybe this is not as 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 like drama. Where well, Lost is a drama, but not as just like classic drama plane crash story as I thought it was. Because Yellow Jackets is about this like it's like a soccer team that crashes and. 
in some like an in a plane like it's a plane crash yeah like a wasp nest they're like going to some kind of tournament and they crash and i thought it had something to do with yeah hor- like yellow jacket hornets or whatever yellow jacket wasps attacking them based on the photo yellow people wearing yellow jackets maybe just people wearing maybe they just wear yellow jackets maybe their their colors for their team is yellow we, we don't know um it's possible but it seems like it's more of a science fiction thing than I maybe thought, or this writer is just connecting things that uh, maybe it's just connected through flash because there's flashbacks. I'm not sure, but I, it's made me more interested in it. Both have a plane crash in it as well. It does have a plane crash as well, right? So maybe that's the connection. Yeah. It's got a plane crash and maybe they do flashbacks, which are two iconic lost things. But at the same time, it is 100% of Rotten Tomatoes. So I, I added it to... Yeah, I want to watch that. I added it to my list of things that I'm going to try to watch in the next few weeks. But I still got to finish Succession. <gasps> I got to try and get to through, obviously, Peacemaker. And I know you forgot it already, Adrian, but we got to watch Boba, the book of Boba Fett. Oh, yeah. So I, Yeah, I actually did forget it already. I forgot that came up. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I, I forgot. Forget that. I, for, yeah. I forgot that came up. Um, but Euphoria also came back. That was you. I was imitating you there. I got to watch that. That was a great imitation. Let me just tell you right now. I thought oh, I was. Oh, I wow. thought you were me for a second. That was incredible. I was like, what the hell? Am I Melissa McCarthy all of a sudden? I thought you were. I thought you were me for a second. Yeah. Dude, wow. That's really good, dude. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Wow. That's Thanks. I've been practicing it in the mirror. That's great, man. With I And I tape a photo of you over my face and cut out the eye holes. Dude, you want to know something? And I just talk like that. You want to know something? I've been the mirror this entire time. What? That doesn't even make any sense. I was the mirror, dude. <laughs> you were... How are you the mirror? I, I am. I was. I'm not sure I like where this joke is going. This is a, this is a weird. You're saying I, 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 I took a picture of you. I, ta- I taped it on my face. I cut out eye holes. And I stood in front of what I thought was a mirror. But I'm but sta- it was instead standing in front of you. Yeah. And I'm looking at it, and I'm like, oh, wow, that's that's me. Because <laughs> that's what a mirror would do. Exactly. You got it. Okay. Uh. I'm glad I understand the premise. Adrian, what do you got for me, buddy? What do you got for me? Let's move on here. I got new releases for you, Simon. I got new releases for you. This is for the week of January the 17th to January the 23rd, which is a Monday to a Sunday, baby. Monday to Sunday. I'm sorry. There's an interruption. If if you hear knocking, There's a, I think the pizza man's at the door. Do you order pizza? No, the dogs. Did you order pizza or did- Barking for some reason he wants to talk. Like, I'm guessing Don did. Or is it your roommate? No, my girlfriend. Yeah, Don. Don ordered pizza. What toppings? From where? Uh, I think we ordered pepperoni and bacon, but I didn't order it. So how- I don't know. She just she just made- <laughs> I just told you I didn't order it. It happened while we were recording this. Well, I don't know. What's like your go-to usually? Like, what do you guys decide on? Um, For what we normally order, we normally order uh, not necessarily the same place, but we like try to standardize it so we can compare different places to bacon and pepperoni and keep it simple. You know, it's not right. too much money on the toppings. And then we have like this uh, toppers um, dipping sauce that we cool. use pretty consistently. Uh, between pizzas, but the Topper's dipping sauce, very good. Topper's pizza, pretty great as well. Yeah, it's just so expensive. And that's what we just ordered. I just saw it come through the door. Oh, damn. Damn, you guys are posh. Yeah, we ordered the Titan, though. We're we're like, a, we're, we're frugal. We're frugal. We ordered the Titan pizza so that it would last us multiple days. That's meal prep, baby. That's meal prep right there. The Titan audience is a large pizza that some people call in other places like Pizza Pizza, the party size. So it's square? Yeah, it's square and large. I don't like square pizza, man. That doesn't ma- matter for the, the taste. It's, the shape. It's irrelevant. It makes a difference. It's like when you cut a sandwich. When you cut a sandwich like across or diagonally, 
I know it doesn't affect the taste, but it, it affects the feel. Maybe the psychology, the psychology, the psychology of it might affect the way it tastes somehow. Because you, for some reason, yeah. although surface area does matter, I think, mm-hmm. for flavor. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You, like technically you get less crust by getting those party pizzas because the crust is around the edges, right? And then you get those middle pieces that are just all pizza. Yeah. So there is like a benefit to that. But again, I, I think I just prefer like triangle shaped food over square shaped food. Because again, I cut my sandwiches diagonally every time. You know what it could be? What? I, I actually may have just cracked this. What? It might just be the surface area. You think? Is, is greater. There's more surface area, not volume, but surface area when you bite into the corner of a sandwich. Mm-hmm. That's the best part of that moment. But uh, the rest of it's right. probably the same surface area but you know what i'm saying because the triangle is so slivered out that you kind of get all the flavors in that little corner Mm -hmm. that's what i'm thinking it is because the other corner is wider it's larger so your your tongue doesn't you know your taste buds don't get all up in that in terms of because it's too big as a corner that's my theory surface area matters for taste it's a thesis coming to you soon on an episode near you that's cool man i can't wait to i'm not I'm not going to do it, it or listen to it or watch it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have time. I don't have time. Read it. I don't get paid enough for this podcast, so I'm not going to Anyways. going to do that. Anyways, Adrian, you're going to tell me the, the movie's releasing this week. I will, Simon. I'll go quick for you so you can have your pizza, okay? Okay, please. I'll go quick for you. So this is, again, week January 17th to 23rd, Monday to Sunday, blah, blah, blah. Yes. The first movie's coming out, they're coming out on Tuesday, January the 18th. The first one is being a movie called Road to Perth. It's confirmed by Movie Insider and the Apple TV app. This is a video on demand movie. And it's a little tale of two people, an American tourist and an Australian woman, meeting each other at just the right time uh, in their lives. Interesting. The next movie that's coming out is a movie called Ditched. Dit? Ditched. Ditched, yes. Uh, I think it's Ditched. Oh. That's how you pronounce that. Yeah. Oh. The, yeah. <laughs> what are you, William Shakespeare? Yes, actually. Banished. I am William Shakespeare. He was banished. I wrote the the movie A Tragedy to Macbeth of Macbeth. Mm, did you know? No. Ditched oh boy. is uh, confirmed by Movie Insider in the Apple TV app. There's a video on demand movie about a group of paramedics carrying violent prisoners that have their world turned literally upside down when they get ambushed and have their ambulance flipped over. Whoa. I was like, Whoa. did you define literally properly? And you did. Yeah, I did. Well done. Um, that's well a done. round, baby. Next up is Thursday, the 20th of January, and it's a movie called The Royal Treatment. It's a Netflix original movie about a hairdresser that gets hired for a prince's wedding. But when the sexual tension and the connection builds between the two, will the prince choose his duty or his heart? Oh, wow. Wow. I don't know. I don't know. What What's this prince doing getting married to someone that he doesn't even like? Yeah, I know, right? Weird. Damn arranged marriages. Hmm. I don't know if we can say that. Yeah, I shouldn't use the word damn. Yeah. In some cultures, it's very important. Yeah. It's a foreign concept to us here, to be fair. Foreign concept. It is. It is. It's, yeah. it's, yeah. Not damn. I'm not damning it. It's fine. It's fine. If you want to do that, it's all, no problem. It's a, to each their own, I guess. Yeah, no, I'm serious. Yeah. Uh, next up is... Look, Adrian, this is borderline a comedy podcast. Is it good comedy? No, but it is in some aspect. Yeah. So Don't take us too seriously out there, folks. So damn arranged marriages still? Is that what you're going for? No. No, no. I'm oh. saying no. Definitely don't. I, I, you know... Do damn. Do not damn them. 
just have them? No, I, I wasn't even saying damn them as in like damn them. I wasn't saying damn them. I was saying like, uh, you know, in this, I was like more like, damn arranged marriages that don't work out. That's that's really what I was saying. I feel like it was misconstrued well, by you the, by stopping after when we could have just continued. The wedding didn't even happen. Right, but he's clearly not in love with the person he's going to, you know, marry because he's he's fallen in love with the person doing his hair for the wedding. Like, I mean, you're looking for anybody at that point. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Fair point. Fair point. I'll let you have it. Not to say that hairdressers can't... Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, I, I'm not saying that you can't love hairdressers. I meant very lovely hairdressers, yeah. No, I, no I, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that hairdressers are like a lower part of society. That's not what I'm saying at all. They're an essential service. No, they're more than an essential service. And not according to our government. But yeah. Hairdressers are people too. That's not what I'm saying. They are people. I'm saying that I'm saying that he was clearly looking for a way out because he just what? He just suddenly the the first person he saw was like, Oh wow, I'm in love with you now. That's what I was saying. Mm-hmm. It could have been his his dog walker. I, I it doesn't really matter. That's all I'm saying. Could have been Is like dog walker also like a lower level job, as you're saying, as you were saying about hairdressers. It could have been his it, 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 like a, a duchess who was showing up for the wedding. A duchess. It could have been hmm. a a royal chef. So a royal chef and a duchess are higher on the on the job scale as a hairdresser and a dog walker. No, I'm not stating the hierarchy. There's no hierarchy being stated. I'm saying they're all equal people, and that uh, God. Why am I digging myself out of this hole? This is irrelevant. That's the the, the the point. Is this is irrelevant? What's the next movie coming out? God damn it! The next movie that's coming out is coming out on Friday, the twenty first, and it's a movie a, a Munich called Movie: The Edge of of War. It's actually a movie called Munich: The Edge of War. I just yeah, I got a little that. slip up. <laughs> classic and yeah, you got really tight headphones on your head as well or no i uh again i don't know i feel like uh i don't know i've been very uh out of it recently oh just i don't know just very just mind going a mile a minute i can't focus on anything i don't know why i can't explain it i'm sorry i can't explain it simon okay so uh so yeah i don't know i don't know I don't know what's going on. I can't I can't pay attention. We're talking about two friends that become reluctant spies trying to expose Nazi secrets in 1938. That's what that's what the Munich movie's about, Simon. Oh, okay. I kind of lost you there for a second. Okay, good. Where are the two friends? No, I don't think so. No. We're trying to expose Nazi secrets. Uh don't think so, especially not in 1938. That's the year. You know what year it is, right? Uh, <laughs> it's funny cuz as soon as you said that I had to look at the bottom corner of like my like TV which is uh, where my computer is connected to, just to make sure that we are in 2022. We are in 2022. Yeah, not 2021. No. Or the the long the longest year ever, 2020. Yeah. It's, I hope I wake up one day and these past two years didn't happen. Yes, yeah, it's just like the beginning of 2020 again. It's like, oh, wow. Just so I can experience them again. Oh, okay. Like Groundhog Day, but with COVID. Yeah, exactly. Like Groundhog Day, but with COVID. Anyways, Amandala is, is the next movie on this list. It's a Netflix original movie about two brothers that test their loyalty to one another after some crime stuff goes down. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I don't really know what it's about. Anyways, next up is a movie called A Hero. And <laughs> I don't know why I said it like that. Uh, and it, I can be your hero, baby. Da, na, na, na. Why do I not have any kind of tone? I can't. Okay. My breath away. Is that the same song? But I was trying to do the 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 the, the beats after the, when you sing that verse, but maybe I haven't heard it recently or ever. 
Just my, you've never heard the song. I have no musical <laughs> ability. I, I, I do a little bit. I feel like I'm much better than that, but I can't. I haven't proven it for the last two times. Anyways, Adrian, what's uh, this movie about? A hero. That's uh, about um, a dude, and uh, and then during uh, two days that he's released from his prison sentence, just like a two day, like off you go for two days. You, you'll come back later. Um, he tries to repay the debt he owes that put him in prison in the first place. Oh, okay. Yeah. Very interesting. Next up is a movie called War Hunt, and it's confirmed Ooh. by Movie Insider and the Apple TV app. This is a video on demand movie about a group of elite soldiers that have their plane downed by a mysterious force and must now fight for survival in a different way hmm. than they regularly do. Because I imagine that mysterious force isn't just people shooting them. It's something else entirely. I see. I don't know for a fact, though. Yeah. Hmm. And then there's two more movies coming out, Simon. They're both coming to theaters, um, and we can't watch them. And the first one is The King's Daughter. This is, uh, this is confirmed by Cineplex, the application. And it's coming to theaters once again. And this is uh, presumably about a daughter of a king. Potentially, yeah. Yeah. And then next up is a movie called Redeeming Love. This is the last movie on the list. Once again, confirmed by Cineplex and coming to theaters. Who, cool. oh, by the way, the daughter of the king is as equal value as the hairdresser because we're yeah. all people. That's what I was saying before. Thank you, Adrian, for trying to connect them. I appreciate it. Yeah, sorry. Redeeming yeah. Love no worries, coming man, out of the theaters, uh, which we can't watch because we don't have theaters open here mm. in Canada. Yeah, it's true. Or Ontario, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah buddy. That was a good way. Sorry if I'm getting a little too aggressive. I just want to make you it clear. You did a great job Thank you. redeeming love for people, for all types of people. That's what you just did. That was a good segue. That was a good segue. That, very well done. Yeah. Anyways, Redeeming Love is a love story set in the nine, in the 1850s California gold rush. Oh. Yeah. That's it. That's all, baby. That's it. That's all. That's the movies. Let's wrap it up. Eat your pizza, man. I do. I want to eat my pizza. And Adrian, I'd like to uh, say, because it would be amiss if I did not, you can follow us, audience, on any podcast streaming service. You're listening to one right now. You can hit that subscribe button. Hit that like and subscribe, <laughs> subscribe button down below, and we will uh, – we will come through the screen and hug you. Mm-hmm. We'll bring you the Patrick Hughes news every week. The news from Patrick Hughes. The news from Patrick Hughes. Given to you by two dudes. So please, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, iTunes. I already said that before. Uh, iTunes, uh, sorry, iTunes Radio. What am I trying to say? iHeartRadio. Tune in. Tune in radio and iHeartRadio. Combine them together. Nice. <laughs> and they're not the same company. Anyways... If you could follow us on there, subscribe on there, and write reviews where you can on Facebook or Twitter or on the Apple Podcasts app, we would much appreciate it. At least Simon, Edie, myself would. And mm -hmm. I know Jimmy would as well. I know Adrian might. I'm not sure. You know what? Uh, this week I will. Just this week though. Good, Adrian. So now's your chance to get appreciation from three humans. Three humans that are definitely all real people. Anyways, mm -hmm. thank you for listening to the 81st episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Edie, and this is Adrian Pinter signing off. Yes, it is. It is I, Adrian Pinter, and I am going to sign off. But uh, there's actually one piece of Patrick Hughes news I've, I've, I haven't read yet. And that is, oh, here it is. Um, the Patrick Hughes news uh, of the week, the news from Patrick Hughes, oh. Batman v Superman is a great, good movie. Great movie even. Oh, wow. Thank you, Patrick Hughes. Oh, Resident Evil, Ra Welcome to Raccoon Town. Also great. 
Thank you, Patrick Hughes, for your fantastic news. That last bit is what uh, some would call fake news, actually. But the first part was accurate. Anyways, goodbye. Bye. Take care. Goodbye.